This episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by Hamilton, a value-add investment and development firm in Nashville, Tennessee, focused on bringing passive real estate investment opportunities directly to your inbox. Visit www.investwithhamilton.com invest to sign up for upcoming investment opportunities. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today, we're testing out a new setup, as you can see with our additional streaming camera. Pretty exciting to see that. And uh, if you are watching live, let me know in the comments what is what are your thoughts on what is going on in the commercial real estate market? That is what we're going to be diving into today. There has been a lot of news, a lot of news coming out here recently about how the commercial real estate market might actually cause the economy to crash. So you know how I am whenever I start seeing articles like that. I'm very skeptical. I think that a lot of people tend to overhype some sort of trend in the market, just like what we saw with office space uh, during the pandemic. Everybody jumped on that bandwagon and started really throwing office space under the bus. And as we've seen, office is overall doing okay. Now, there's a caveat there, and you guys all know my thoughts on like office space in San Francisco. But let me know what your thoughts are on the commercial real estate market. Is it going to crash the economy? Um, and are we in a bubble right now that is about to pop because of interest rates? So let's go ahead. Uh, wow, we've got a very active um, live stream chat already. Let me take a look at this. Jorge is saying, there are many individuals that forget we deal with a cyclical economy. In the aggregate, over time, things generally improve. It is seldom that we fall all the way back to zero. Uh, Jorge, I think that that is, is incredibly true. You know, a lot of people tend to think in these like 12-month lenses, right? And real estate is a long-term game. You can't get a 12-month lens. You got to look on the last 12 years or 20 years, right? I mean, we've seen a lot of investors get themselves into trouble over the last few years because they've been buying real estate in an incredibly hot market where there are no consequences for messing up. But the good thing about real estate is that it's not going to go down to zero. I mean, honestly, if, if real estate goes down to zero, we've got much bigger problems going on in the world uh, than just hoping that our investment is going to be okay. So uh, it's, it's, that's something to keep in mind. And look, if you're able to get through a downturn and weather it, you typically end up coming out on the other side a lot better for it. I mean, you look at what happened in 2008. There were so many millionaires made in 2010 because they were sitting there buying up real estate when everybody else was afraid. Everybody was selling all of their real estate and saying, oh, it's never coming back. Look, his historically, real estate over the last 100 plus years has appreciated at 3% annually. It's going to go back up. That doesn't mean it's just a steady 3% every year. Some years it's going to be five, some years it's going to be negative one, some years it's going to be seven. You know, it's, it's all over the place, but be in it for the long haul. Let's see, Jorge also said, unless there is some unforeseen negative event in five years, we'll be wondering what all the angst was about. That's, yeah, exactly. Right, I mean, remember when the pandemic hit? Everybody thought when the pandemic hit that this was it, the bottom's going to fall out, commercial real estate's done. And honestly, I'll, I'll be very honest with you guys, I was terrified. I had just started my companies in 2018 and you know we were I mean literally like just over 2 years old going into the pandemic and I thought oh man here it is I'm going to have to move back in with my mom I'm going to have to get a job waiting tables again cuz I waited tables when I first started the business and uh fortunately it was it was a couple of months before we were actually back to it and everything was fine so here we are 
Let's see, Serge, what's going on, dude? Uh, excited to have you here in Nashville pretty soon um, for some video collaborations. But Serge is saying, allowing for people like ourselves to come in to get these deals at heavy discounts. I completely agree with that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of buying opportunities, a lot of stuff out there that uh, if you're in the right position, you know what you're doing, I would take advantage of them. Um, <laughs> Zach. So for those of y'all that don't know, Zach is my new videographer. He is the reason I look so good on YouTube here recently. So I appreciate him jumping in and uh, really making us look good. So thank you, Zach. <laughs> I'm ready to learn literally everything about commercial real estate from this man. Um, let's see, Serge, my current thoughts are that there are operators in the last two to three years who bought without conservatively underwriting their deals now coming back to the market, trying to salvage what they bought. Also sellers who had unrealistic expectations a year ago and overpricing their properties, now having to face reality with what their property is truly worth. So a correction in a way. Man, I think I think those are some really great points. I think, you know, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, there are some people that have been buying real estate in the last two to three years that have not been taking the last 20 years into account. You know, I mean, it was back in 2018, right when I had first started my companies, I was starting to save up as much cash as I could, because at that point in the cycle, we'd been it'd been 10 years since 2008. And everybody said, Oh, it's 10 years, it's 10 years, it's going to happen. And then, you know, Somehow it didn't happen. Amazon announced, Ernst & Young announced in Nashville, they brought well over 10,000 jobs combined and the market just seemed to take off. And so we felt like, okay, we're getting back to it. But there are a lot of investors that started buying then that have only seen a good market. And I got started in 2013, nowhere near what it was like in 2008, but also nowhere near what it was like today. I mean, 2013, you had to beg tenants to lease a space from you. I took over a brand new shopping center. One of my first leasing assignments was a, a 550,000 square foot shopping center in Hendersonville, which is north of town. And I, I had probably 70% occupancy in that building, brand new, brand new, had been sitting there for like five or six years at 70% occupancy. And we were giving away six to 12 months free rent, in some cases, just trying to get people in there. So it's very easy to forget where we came from. Cole is saying, yo, what up, Cole? Thanks for joining in. <laughs> Hassan, love seeing the commercial Genie Live. I will grant you three wishes. And no, you cannot ask for more wishes. You can ask for real estate, though. Lance, what's going on, man? Finally made one in. Uh, Cole saying, exactly, super skeptical. News feeds use fear to get views. It'll go down, but it'll go back up. I couldn't agree more. Like, that's the most frustrating part about the mainstream media now. I don't even care what side you're on. Like, stop using fear to just sell advertising. Can, you, can somebody just create a news channel that literally just gives us news? Like, I just want factual statements about what happened. Zach, sup, y'all? Uh, Nello's Nook, when will mortgage rates drop back below 5%? That is a good question. Um, I, I don't know. If I had a crystal ball, I would say it's probably in the next 18 months. But it's really tough to say. You know, I, I don't know. I think it depends on how quickly the Fed can get uh, inflation under control, which I have no idea how that's going right now. I mean, it seems to me like it's not really helping with inflation. Uh, we have a lot of what seems like corporate greed going on where corporations are just raising their prices and we're just expected to take it. I mean, 
look, when corporations are having record profits in a time where they're saying things are costing more, come on. It's, it's so transparent. Zach is saying, sup, y'all. I'll have to get him in the background of the, of the stream here in a minute. He, he told me he was just going to literally stand right here the whole time where his head was cut off. So uh, I think it'd be a very entertaining backdrop. Hassan, he's saying, what's up, Zach? Zach, you got any words for the crew? What's up, peeps? How's the stream looking? <laughs> awesome. All right, well, let's dive into, uh, into some of these articles here. I've, I've got a, cue, a few uh, pretty good ones, I think. So this one is from the New York Times. I'm sure you guys have heard of them before. Financial stability experts at the Fed turn a wary eye on commercial real estate. A financial stability report from the Federal Reserve flagged concerns tied to rising interest rates, including in commercial real estate, of course. Um, you know what's interesting? This is the first time in a long time, though, that commercial real estate has actually gotten called out for uh, possibly being a problem. Remember last time, 2008, it was residential. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's cool to kind of be in the spotlight, I guess. Uh, Federal Reserve financial stability experts are on the lookout for weaknesses after a year of rising interest rates. Well, they don't, they're not really going to have to look very hard. If you raise interest rates like that, there's going to be weaknesses. And as they survey the potential risks confronting the system, they are increasingly watching office loans and other commercial real estate borrowing. It'll be interesting to say if they to see if they go further into different kinds of loans, right? Because everybody's talking about how office is in a big you know, a whole lot of trouble right now, which is no secret. But, I mean, retail seems to be doing just fine. So, I don't know. Let's see what they say. Fed officials have lifted borrowing costs rapidly over the past year to just above 5% from near zero in early 2022 to cool rapid inflation by slowing the economy. They have definitely, I don't know, it's weird. Like, you know, when you raise interest rates, obviously you're trying to slow things down. And I feel like things have slowed down a little bit. But also, I feel like they're going faster than they ever have, and it's just made all the deals more difficult. So, look, I'm not an economist. Um, let me know what your thoughts are on this. Is, is it working? So far, the fallout from that abrupt change has been the most obvious in the banking sector. A series of high-profile banks have collapsed or faced turmoil in recent weeks, partly because they were poorly prepared for heftier borrowing costs. A better way of saying that is that they had no idea how to run their businesses. I mean, that's just, it is what it is, right? Like, come on, banks are supposed to be the financial wizards out there in the world, and they're taking these crazy risks. And honestly, the most frustrating part about it to me is that banks just get bailed out, right? Like, they're too big to fail. So these bankers get to go out there and make all these crazy risky loans that nobody should ever do. Like a community bank would never make a lot of these loans. And they just get to get away with it. And in fact, CEOs and the executive team tend to get bonuses. Like congratulations on collapsing this bank. You did a great job at that. Uh, yeah, you guys are getting all the feels today. <laughs> um, Let's see, the jump in interest rates over the past year increases the risk that commercial borrowers will not be able to refinance their loans when the loans reach the end of their term, Fed staff wrote in the report, noting that commercial real estate values remain elevated. Oh, that's a, that's a hefty paragraph to pull away from. So, you know, look, the biggest risk in commercial real estate is that a lot of these loans are coming due. 
right? It's not the new loans. It's not any of that other stuff. It's that there are loans that are coming due because when you're when you borrow debt in commercial real estate, you borrow it based on a typically a five to seven year time horizon. So think about that. Five years ago was 2018. Interest rates were like five and a quarter, maybe. So going up to what, seven and a half to sometimes 8% today, doesn't sound like a lot unless you have already over leveraged your property. And there's just not a lot of safety net in there for you. Right? I mean, look, at the end of the day, all it comes down to is, are you preparing yourself to weather these downturns? There are so many investors that, you know, try and do the burst strategy on every single property and maximize the amount of debt you have on every single asset so you can go buy another asset. And when the market is hot, cool, that works fine. But as soon as the market takes a downturn, and suddenly your interest rate goes up because you decided to do an adjustable rate mortgage because, hey, it's a great market. It's probably going to go down. Like, hint, it almost never does. It's rare. Uh, you're going to have a lot of issues with that. And those are the properties that you're going to lose. Right. And so I know that it seems really sexy to go out there and pull all of this, this trapped equity out of your property and throw it into another property to build your portfolio. But at the end of the day, if you start losing all of those assets, that will be on your permanent record, pretty much permanent. I mean, I think it's what, seven or 13 years, I guess it depends on uh, if you're filing for bankruptcy or not. But it'll be on your record when you go to borrow from a bank again. Every lender is going to look at you and go, Nope, you defaulted on a loan, we're not going to give you any money. And they're gonna make your lives that much harder. So something to keep in mind as you're going through this process. Let's skip over to another article now. Um, actually, let me check the uh, let me check the live stream. Uh, Jorge is saying, I think 5% is going to stick around for a long time. I hope it does. I mean, I hope it goes back down to 5% and just stays there. You know, it's just a nice round number. I like it. Hassan, how do you actively look for new projects or do you just focus on quality of your current projects? Um, that's a good question. Right now, we're not actively looking for anything. We are actively uh, considering joint ventures with people that already own properties outright. But right now, we have no interest in buying anything else because it's just, it's, it's risky right now. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next couple of months. And, and honestly, like, the, the worst part about it for me is that, oh, the worst part about it for me is that dealing with lenders and dealing with banks, even when the market is good, is a pain in the ass. It is a lot of work. It's tough. And, and look, I get it. I kind of do it to myself because we do more creative out of the box projects. But that's all that I'm interested in doing. We like having fun. I don't, I don't want to just go do the next big box store which I have had multiple lenders before tell me, hey, if you weren't doing this really cool, you know, version of the wash here, and you were doing a Dollar General, we'd give you the money yesterday. Or, you know, oh, if you were flagging this hotel, instead of doing this really cool boutique hotel, we'd give you the money. That's just, that's my, that's one of my problems with the commercial real estate market is that there's a lack of creativity. You guys probably saw my video on that. But it's, it's tough to deal with. And so right now, it's not really a good market anymore. So we are trying to avoid raising capital, uh, which we're doing fine on the raising capital side, but definitely trying to avoid 
doing anything with that. So, oh, Michael's asking a good question. So is there a significant interest in turning empty office space into apartments or flex spaces? So yes, there is. I feel like a lot of people are talking about this right now. But one thing that I really want to do um, on one of my live streams in the next couple of weeks is get an architect out here to actually have a conversation with me in the studio to talk about how feasible or unfeasible that is. Because if you think about it at the end of the day, like everybody thinks, oh, let's just turn this office building into apartments. And that sounds like a good idea. And it looks like it would work, right? I mean, they're from the outside, they're very similar buildings. You know, the floor plans kind of could work for it. But um, oh, Cole's heading out. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for stopping by. Um, but the problem is, like, you've got to rerun all of the plumbing and rerun a whole bunch of stuff to put bathrooms in all these spaces that never had bathrooms before. And that's just one of the many complications with it. So, yeah, I think your idea on flex may be a little more interesting. The problem is with multi-level flex space, you're going to need freight elevators, and a lot of office buildings don't have that. But, I mean, if you could add a freight elevator um, or if you could retrofit the current elevator or maybe they just have one existing, then you could do a multi-story flex building if you buy it at the right price. The problem is flex typically leases for like a third of, of office space. So you've got to figure out how to make those numbers work. Anyway, let's get back to this. So this one is from... Monday morning, commercial real estate is about to slide into an abyss and take the market with it. Man, what a headline. Didn't that make you just want to go sell all of your commercial real estate to this guy? Uh, I can see what he's doing. Anyways, enjoy the new bull market while it lasts, which won't be long, because crashing commercial real estate is going to sink banks, throw the economy into recession, and kill the stock market rally. Man, this guy, uh, he either has a whole bunch of money sitting on the sidelines to buy your commercial real estate, or he's getting paid by, by daddy stock market. Uh, betting against one slice of the $21 trillion commercial real estate market, shopping malls initially hammered by the switch to online shopping, then laid to rest by pandemic shutdowns, made a handful of savvy traders billions of dollars. Now traders betting against the much larger office slice of commercial real estate are raking in profits as prices of office buildings tumble in the face of rising vacancy and interest rates. But what's been made so far, mostly by shorting pools of securities and through exotic derivatives plays, is a drop in the bucket compared to the money that's about to be raked in on the final nail getting hammered into commercial real estate's coffin. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I will say, I kind of like this, the way this guy writes. <coughs> it's very entertaining. Um, so he's talking about malls shutting down, offices being abandoned. I mean, this is a really <laughs> dark, dark, dark article. And he's saying higher interest rates are nailing it shut. With interest rates going from zero to 5.25% in a little over a year, which is actually crazy if you think about that how high it has gotten. I mean, 5.25%. Not the interest rate commercial real estate borrowers pay. That's the Fed funds rate, not like what you and I get to pay. And banks tightening their lending standards, especially on leveraged real estate loans to landlords whose rent rolls have rolled over, 
refinancing maturing loans will end up being somewhere between inordinately expensive and impossible. The CIO of Morgan Stanley's Wealth Management Unit says almost $1.5 trillion of commercial mortgages need to be refinanced in the next 24 months. Office and retail could ultimately plummet 40%. Hell yeah, buying opportunity. It's been overpriced for a while. Let's go buy it all. I, you know, it's, it's so funny. I don't know if it's just because I, I study the market a lot or I'm just so bullish on commercial real estate, but I read this and I'm like, sweet. I get to finally be in a position where I can go buy distressed real estate. That's what everybody has been talking about since 2008, right? Like, oh, you get to go to the REO with the banks. I mean, the banks haven't had REO really for a long time. So I look at this, I'm like, cool. We get to finally go buy stuff at a discount instead of paying 3% cap rates on class D multifamily in the middle of nowhere. Um, I know they said office and retail, but you got to think it's going to come down too if that's the case. So let's see. Some 35% of $5.8 billion in CMBS coming due in the next few months will not be able to be refinanced. That means there will be defaults, markdown asset sales, leading to lower and lower prices. $5.8 billion of commercial real estate is going to come due, and no one will give them more debt. Ooh, that's tough. That's really, really tough. But, I mean, look, uh, as bad as, it, bad as it is for those owners, it's a buying opportunity for you if you are prepared to take advantage of that because they put way too much debt on it. And, and let's, let's be real. Five years ago, if you bought a piece of property and you were responsible with the amount of debt that you had on it, you would be fine today because it's, I mean, uh, we had five years ago, I was getting 5.25% interest rate. So now we're at seven and a half percent. The difference is like 17% value on the property. I mean, I ran the math, like 5.25%. 240 month amortization at a million dollars debt. Today at seven and a half percent is about $863,000 in debt. So it's down 17% or like 16.4 or whatever that ends up being. So let's call it 17%. I mean, over the last five years, commercial real estate has appreciated at at least 3% a year. That's at least 15% right there. If you haven't been able to raise your rates, that amount of time to cover the additional debt that you're not going to be able to get, you weren't being responsible with your debt. So let's see. You won't believe who has been walking away from buildings because they can't refinance them. Institutional investors, REITs, private equity players have all handed over keys to lenders on office buildings they'll never make money on. And I'll tell you how the small and regional banks that hold 80% of commercial real estate loans and mortgages coming due are going to fare when the trickle of default turns into a tsunami. Newsflash, they're going belly up. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have moved a lot of my money out of local and regional banks. And I'm not your financial advisor. I don't play one on TV. But I would advise you to start considering some more relatively financially stable national banks or other alternatives. Um. We, we took all of our funds out. Seriously, we're, we're I mean, I set off one of the final wires today um, out of one of our local banks because I do agree with that fact. I do think that 
the small and regional banks that hold the majority of commercial real estate loans are not going to be able to survive a lot of this. And I'm not taking that chance. I mean, sure, maybe the FDIC will get us bailed out. And we're getting a lot of like insurance pitches on, hey, we're, you know, we'll protect your money, this, that, and the other. But uh, absolutely not. Uh, let's see, Jorge's saying, hey, remember when rates were at 17%? Um, you know, I was uh, not quite born yet, but uh, good times. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad that I was not around in the Reagan administration. But, dude, people were still buying real estate back then. Like, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, our, our parents and the generation before us were all buying real estate when rates were like 17 18%, and it still worked. So what's up with that? Um, Hassan is asking, what's my favorite new development in Nashville that's not my own? Um, I don't know that it's necessarily new because it's been going on for a couple of years, but the Newhoff development in Germantown, what a cool opportunity. I, you know, if anybody knows Jim Irwin, <laughs> the developer on that project, I would love to sit down and talk to him. He did um, the Pond City Market in Atlanta, which has been an inspiration for me on a lot of my projects. And now he's doing a very similar thing with Newhoff here in, in uh, Germantown, just north of downtown Nashville, right on the river. It's so cool, super historic, really, really neat. Let's see, Neologics. Hi, Tyler. Would you know who I can talk to about a commercial deal my team is pursuing? DM me. Um, I, well, Neologics, I think it depends on what exactly your question is. Um, feel free to drop it in the chat. I'm happy to see if I can help you. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think, again, biggest takeaway, uh, get away from the, the local banks if you can. Correlating commercial real estate and bankruptcy trends in the U.S. commercial real estate market in a bubble. Is it about to burst? Several financial analysts, market analysts would answer this question with a yes. It's more than likely that the sector will experience some significant financial distress. I mean... I feel like all of these articles kind of say the same thing in very different ways. Interest rates are really high. Is commercial real estate in trouble? Obviously. Uh, let's see. March 2023, commercial bankruptcy filings were 79% higher compared to March of 2022. Which, to be fair, I mean, if, if there was one commercial bankruptcy filing back then, then there's 1.79% that now, right? You got to look at the data. Additionally, analysts have reported that followed by a quick deflation, the $2.9 trillion in commercial mortgages due will need to be renegotiated in the next two years. The current dynamics indicate that a financial crisis affecting the commercial real estate market is on the horizon. I'm going to make a prediction that unlike 2008, banks are going to try and do everything that they can to work with uh, property owners through this period. Because I don't think the banks... If, if especially if they remember what was going on in 2008, want to take any of these commercial properties back. And I definitely don't think that they want to have to try and sell them in this kind of market. Um, I mean, they'll have to hold them for a couple of years. And let's be honest, banks are not commercial real estate investors. They are note holders. Cyber Samurai, I'm in Silicon Valley and a lot of tech companies are laying off people. I bet they are. Um, we just had a uh, one of our brokers actually moved here last year from San Francisco because that city has just not recovered from the pandemic at all. 
And with everything else going on, I mean, you, you've got a better opportunity to, to land a tech job in Chattanooga, Tennessee today than you probably do in Silicon Valley because it's got the best internet in the country, second best internet in the world. It's one of the lower costs of living in the Southeast. It's a really cool area, everything you can do there. And so I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, what is going on uh, in California. They're like, why would I pay all these taxes in California? Tennessee's state income tax free. I'm totally not biased on Tennessee. Serge, giving you a compliment, Zach. You said you're killing the game. We're going to have to get Zach into these live streams and treat him like that. Uh, what's Caleb Presley? What's the guy that sits behind Caleb Presley that just eats the whole time? my own camera? Yeah, yeah, with your own camera just sitting there eating the whole time. That would be great. But see, Neologics, it's regarding apartment conversion to assisted living facility. Um, I mean, if you're looking for, like, coaching or consulting on that, you're welcome to go to tylercobble.com slash consulting. And I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Um, if you're talking about, like, is that feasible, I would reach out to an architect or an engineer. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Thank you, Serge. Make sure everybody likes the stream. Oh, thanks, Mom. Make sure everybody likes the stream. <laughs> trying to help. Trying to help. Oh, man. Let's look at market conditions. Bankruptcydata.com. Wow, what a, what a great URL indicated that real estate companies are prime candidates to seek bankruptcy protection. As noted, rising interest rates coupled with hybrid work are the two main factors affecting the market. Let's dive into this a little bit deeper. Let's not. Uh, let's see, 5%, close to 0% in 2022. We know that. Remote work trends. The one thing that bothers me about everybody talking about work from home trends is that they don't give you the caveat of, how big the organization is that they work for, what type of organization they work for. They don't give you any of the data. They just say, no, remote work is the same across every single company in the United States. No one is going into the office. And I can tell you, like personally, I is just not even remotely true. I get it. The Bridgestones of the world, they're all working from home because they have the infrastructure, they have the technology, they have the type of jobs, I guess, to where they can kind of work remotely and they get along great. My company, very small. I gave people the opportunity to work from home when we were, you know, we've got 10 plus employees to work from home when the pandemic hit. And by June of 2020, everyone was asking to be back in the office. I mean, just about everybody except for Zach, the slacker, <laughs> works full time in the office. I'm kidding. I mean, we've got brokers and, and, you know, they're in and out. They do whatever they want. But all of my like W-2 employees, they are working from the office and they love it. I think you just got to create a cool work environment. Like, why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about how, you know, bad of a work environment a lot of corporate America has. And that's why people want to work remotely and not deal with going to their job and seeing people. There's something novel there. Anyway, I want to get into watching this, uh, this video on commercial real estate feeling the credit crunch. It's going further into the $1.5 trillion coming due. Uh, this one's from Yahoo Finance. Following the collapse of Silicon Valley, Signature, and First Republic Bank's fear of a collapse in the commercial real estate market has been top of mind. Elon Musk is the most recent prominent voice to express concern. I don't know about you, but you know who I'm taking my commercial real estate advice from? is Elon Musk, the guy that does not pay his rent. How about you, Zach? Yeah, me too. Saying in a tweet, commercial real estate is melting down fast. 
Now, a report from data provider TREP says that $1.5 trillion in commercial debt could be coming due in the next few years, adding to the pressure. Joining us now with more on this is Brian Paskus, a reporter at the Commercial Observer, which covers real estate. So you, yeah. you're sitting squarely um, in the midst of this. And the issue is, as I understand it, is that a lot of loans that people take out, that companies take out, investors take out for commercial real estate are interest only or balloon loans. Sure. And so when it comes time to actually pay off the loan, yeah. if conditions have changed, if you can't sell your property, if you can't refinance, et cetera, yes. you have a problem. How big is the problem? It's a big problem. I mean, ultimately, commercial real estate is super interest rate sensitive. And what we've seen is that. I mean, I think that that's yes and no. I think it's super interest rate sensitive if, you're, again, you're not being a responsible steward of your debt. At the end of the day, my property still cash flow just fine at 7.5% interest rate. Is it fun? Absolutely not. I don't want to pay 7.5% interest rate. But at the end of the day, we can afford to pay it because we buy responsibly. You know, that's that's one thing that I just like when you work at a hedge fund and you you manage to raise a billion dollars, you know how that works, right? Like your boss looks at you and says, hey, you have five hundred million dollars that you need to deploy this year. You have to deploy every single bit of it because if it's not out there working for us, it's not doing anything for us and we're actually losing money. So they'll go out and buy stuff that is completely marginal just because they have to deploy the cash. That's not really a very good investment strategy, but that's what happens when you're just given a billion dollars in cash and have to go spend it. Whereas the majority of commercial real estate investors, which are probably a lot smaller than the big guys, right, um, in terms of total volume of transactions, they're a little bit better with their debt and the way that they structure deals. At least that's, that's my thought. The highest interest rate increase in 40 years engineered by the Federal Reserve. And for the last 15 years, commercial real estate and many other businesses were relatively addicted to low interest rates, and they made their uh, decisions accordingly. Mm. You got any of those uh, low interest rates? <laughs> so what we had was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that showed, you know, uh, today 85% of all commercial mortgage-backed security loans are interest-only loans, meaning they pay, they were expected to only pay the interest, and then they pay the principal off at the end. Well, that equation is radically different than it was in 2010 when 15% of all uh, commercial mortgage-backed security loans were interest-only loans. So it shows you how dependent on low interest rates uh, the sponsors were, the investors were, and the owner of these buildings were. So uh, it's an issue, but I think people need to recognize and take a step back. Commercial real estate is a large industry. I mean, this is an industry that involves industrial storage buildings. It involves multifamily um, apartments. It involves hospitality, hotels. I think people picture only office buildings no, now. It's, it's not only office buildings. There's office buildings are where the pain is. Retail has seen some pain with e-commerce growing, uh, but there's parts of retail that are becoming you know, more attractive. But yes, offices are in trouble. There's not much we could do about it. Um, but you know, ultimately, I think uh, the, the business will evolve and get through it. One of the other major parts of this that, that I'm admittedly learning more about is the upcoming maturity wall. What, what, what? Wait, I'm sorry. Did y'all see that? Are all of those office REITs up? <laughs> I mean, every single one of their stocks is up. I mean, and I get it. Look, we, you know, they might have caught it on a day where office just happened to be doing well, but that doesn't really fit your, you know, this whole narrative that office space is dying. 
maybe they're going to talk about it. I don't know. More about is the upcoming maturity wall. What, what, what do people need to know about that as it relates to commercial real estate? So the retail REITs are up too. Am I the only one seeing this? Like, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they're using like actual real data, but you know, if this was a less reputable <laughs> news source, I feel like they would have just grabbed something that looked negative. There's 1.5 trillion of maturities on these commercial real estate loans due by the end of 2025. So basically picture it like 500 billion a year is going to be, need to be paid off. Um, oh no, there's an industrial REIT down net down 0.4%. Uh, how are those CEOs going to take their families to Disney World? But, you know, over the next three years. And ultimately, uh, the sponsors are going to need to find ways to get uh, equity or debt into their, um, you know, capital stacks to pay off these loans. Mm -hmm. And what we can count on is, you know, as the banks have kind of pulled back recently as with the regional banking crisis, there likely will be more private equity partners entry into the capital stacks of these commercial. Um, I think that's a great point. If you've been watching commercial real estate news whatsoever, you've seen that Blackstone continues to raise ungodly amounts of private equity for mostly single family rental, uh, like build to rent projects, which you all know I cannot stand. But they keep raising round after round, and we're talking nine, 10 figures of cash. I mean, what is a billion? Probably 10. It's a lot of money. It's in the billions of dollars. And so what that says to me is that it, like the fact that they are continuing to raise tranche after tranche of massive amounts of capital, there is a lot of money still out there ready to be put to play. And I think that that's going to be the big move for a lot of these bigger hedge funds, REITs, private equity firms is, you know what, look, guys, we, we just have to put more equity in it today and we'll refinance as soon as interest rates come down loans uh, to help these maturities and to get this this, this wall you know paid off uh, but not everyone's going to get that money you know these are tough negotiations and some people some sponsors some buildings will go under they'll have to be sent to into foreclosure or special servicing uh, the banks might take over the buildings themselves um, there's going to be winners and losers uh, as there always are in a capitalistic system but um, you know it, it, there will be some pain obviously, because, the, the, as we said, the interest rate equation changed, and that has caused uh, a lot of uh, disruption and distress in the commercial real estate market. How much can we tell in advance who the losers are going to be? There's been a lot of discussion about this, <laughs> about where this stuff yeah. is held. So I think we're already seeing where some losers are, uh, and this is in the, um, the public office re uh, sector. So you're seeing a lot of headlines about Bornado, SL Green, their stocks are down, you know, 60, 50, 80 percent, or not 80 percent, uh, 50, uh, 60 percent on the year. And um, okay, I do appreciate that he clarified that because I was looking at these, <laughs> at the, at, at their stock values, and I was like, they're all up, but okay, they're down for the year. This is because these are office dependent uh, companies that they they made the bet. This was a great bet for decades that people will go into work five days a week, that these buildings will continue to always have value, they're gonna have good rents, they're gonna have good tenants that will be able to pay off hundreds of billions of dollars of commercial real estate debt that they take out to purchase these big buildings. Um, well now, New York City's seen maybe 56% of employees on a, on a given day of the week come into the office to work. Um, yeah. That's not gonna One of change. those companies owns this very building in which we are sitting right now. 
Yeah, any building you could be in could, could potentially be uh, in a distressed situation. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we're all going to be emptied out in the street. Right. You know, you're yes. just going to have to find solutions. You have She's getting fired tomorrow for saying that. <laughs> to find, you know, uh, equity partners to, you know, fill your, uh, the money you owe on your loan. You know, that's just what's going to have to happen. Even, even for retailers, the construct of how much square footage they want to operate in their own real estate footprint sure. is changing dr dramatically based on how consumers are engaging with them. What does that kind of spell out as well in the commercial real estate environment? Going well, retail's been under a lot of change and, and has been you know, ex experiencing a metamorphosis since really the turn of the century. You know, we, we remember you know, buying eBay 22 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, and, and now Amazon's growing. And uh, what you're going to see, though, is that there's always going to be room for small business in this economy. You might have the Bed Baths and Beyonds go under. You know, you might see J.C. Penney's, J. Crew. No longer are people going to be shopping at the malls with these anchor tenants uh, into the future. This isn't 1984, where we're spending all of our day at the mall, we're mostly spending it online. But there is still always a place in most American cities where you're going to want to go out and buy that specialty store. You're going to want to go to, you know, the the store that sells furniture because you want to sit in it, you want to buy it, you want to know what it's like. You want to try and close, you know, in person. So there's always going to be room for that. It's just not going to be what it was for most uh, of our lives that we've known. Um, Brian, finally, I want to ask you. You guys have a big conference uh, in the fall, right? That mm -hmm. looks at the REIT business, yeah. and I imagine. The crux of it is going to be some of the same questions that we're talking about right now. Yes, well, that, that's going to That's probably all that we really need to watch from that. I wanted you guys to really take away um, what they're talking about, the $1.5 trillion coming due. I think that REITs are a pretty good canary in the coal mine, so to say. If you want to really know how a sector of commercial real estate is doing, just go check the REITs, right? See how they're performing that day, that week, that month, that quarter. And stay on top of that because um, you might start to notice some trends and see something else that um, you know maybe somebody else isn't seeing. Overall, I, I, I mean, look, I, I've got one more article I want to share with you. But overall, I've got to say, I think that this is all a huge positive for the market. If everything continued on the same path, millennials, Gen Z, the generations that don't have all of this hoarded wealth, being guarded by the dragons that are baby boomers, we would have no chance of being able to build our own wealth and buy commercial real estate and start that path. Because we can never justify a 3% cap rate, but somebody that's got a billion dollars in cash can because they just need to deploy it. So I think shifts like these in the market really create massive opportunities for the next generation of investors to come in and actually get their start. So let me share this one last article with you on uh, the Federal Reserve boosts commercial real estate with pause and rake hikes. You guys know I like to try and leave it on a positive note. So this is pretty cool. I mean, I guess they've had, what, 10 consecutive increases in the last 15 months uh, from the Federal Reserve and, uh, you know, since March of 2022, which is a lot of rate hikes uh, in such a little bit of time. But for the first time, in 15 months, they decided not to raise the rates. Um, they're going to remain unchanged between 5 and 5.25%. Would be great to see that going down, but hey, they're not going up. So we'll take what we can get. That is all we have for today on this live stream. If you made it this far, drop me. I'm going to do something new. I've never done this before. Uh, drop me a comment 
below in the video. Let me know what you thought. And in seven days, I will pick the funniest or best comment, and I'll give you a free 30-minute coaching call with me. So leave your thoughts on this live stream in the comments below, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast, brought to you by Hamilton, your resource for passive real estate investment opportunities. Visit www.investwithhamilton.com to start building your passive real estate portfolio today.